Okay, those of you in the biography book club, how many uh, years did Martin Lloyd-Jones spend in the Book of Romans? Wasn't it seven years? Seven years just teaching on the Book of Romans. And we're, that's only a verse or two per Sunday. And we're going to do this whole thick chapter. <laughs> it's so meaty. Um, but what, what, what we're going to do is I'm going to break it down into four parts to get a I guess, a bird's-eye view, and then we'll highlight a few of the verses that I think are most applicable for us. So if you're taking notes, this first section is verses 1 through 13. Maybe your Bible says 11, but 1 through 13. And I'm calling this section, okay, the next slide. I'm, I'm calling this section freedom or free to walk in the Spirit rather than walk in the flesh. Free to walk in the Spirit rather than than the flesh. And the key verses I want to highlight are 5 and 6 and 10 and 11, and we'll, we'll get to that. But you'll see the reason I have the word free is in verse 2, it says, the law of the spirit of life has set you free. Remember the law of sin and death? Well, there's a new law that supersedes the old law. It's the law of the spirit of life. And if we look At verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. You know, Earl's prayer hit home with me because if I do have a regret, it's I did spend too much time watching the stupid Patriots. And there's nothing wrong with that uh, frivolous pleasures. There's nothing wrong in and of itself in, in a phone. Or, or, But if you spend too much time in those things, it comes at the expense of another thing. I know for a fact that God had wanted me to be further along in my Chinese study than I am now. Why am I not? Because I set my mind on things of the flesh. Things of the flesh are our appetites. We are embodied souls. We have a soul and we, which is non-material, and then we, uh, and we also have a body, okay? And our body interacts in this world. We have appetites. We want to eat things. We want to see things. We want to do things. But we need to set our minds on things above, not just things of the flesh. Because if we live according to the flesh, that leads to death. But if we set our minds on the spirit, we will have life. Let me give you a a contrast of two different individuals. One is um, my AC guy who fixes the air conditioning units uh, in my house. His name is Martin. Martin is a rags-to-riches story. He grew up in Mexico, very poor. He he came to this country, and, you know, God bless him. He worked hard. He was diligent, and he had a big business, and he's now successful. He bought his— mom a house and he came over and he was fixing uh, the unit and he was you know as he was fixing he's known us for for 10 years he's talking to Jen and he's sharing for about 20 minutes which is quite a long time you know out of the depths of the heart the mouth speaks what did he spend 20 minutes talking about he talked about his successes he talked about how he buys sushi for himself on a regular basis appetites is there anything wrong with sushi no but he's talking just about his appetites. Then he's talking about his houses and the kids' education. All natural things. Nothing wrong in and of themselves, but 
There's nothing of the spiritual realm. Then he talks about his seven classic cars. What is he talking about? He's really talking about his slavery to self-idolatry, to the flesh, to materialism. There's a gentleman in this church. Well, I use that term loosely, David Yee, um, (laughs) who gave me permission. I was like, did you come to Sunday service for that? (laughs) I love David Yee. And he gave me permission. I can mop it up for second service if it's too much, but, you know, he, he grew up in a, in, a, in a different but in a similar way to Martin. Someone who didn't have a, a bunch of resources, someone who learned how to do a business, someone who learned how to fix cars out of necessity, and now someone who struggled with materialism, appetites, right? Like we all do. He used to have this beautiful car. Used to. <laughs> that Corvette. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. And whenever, I, I just felt, I don't know if I was provoked in my spirit. I like to say that I'm spiritual, but I'm not. I'm just a jerk. I kept, I would always park really close to it with my, my dumpy car. And I would, and I didn't even know you that well, but I'm like, get this piece of junk away from my, and I would always like castigate him. Then he sold it and then I apologized. I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to. But here's the principle. David no longer lives for the flesh. And he's learned, and, and I didn't highlight this, but I would like you to highlight it in your scriptures. In verse 13, it says, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. If you know this man, he's decided, I'm going to give my time, my energy, my talents, my treasure, and I'm going to give it all to the Lord. I'm not going to halfway do it. And he told me the reason why is if he does halfway or partially, he's going to get sucked back in. You have to kill the zombie. You're empowered by the spirit to put to death the deeds of your body, and it's a battle. And so what we see is we see a contrast. And I want you to look at verse 10 for a moment. It says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. In 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life in your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow, that's, you could preach a lot of messages on that. Imagine the spirit. We don't understand this because if we did, we'd live differently. Do you really believe that when Jesus was in the tomb, dead, and he was raised on the third day, how much power does that require? Do you believe that power is inside of you? He is... The Holy Spirit wants to tell you, City Bible Church, you are not to be a bunch of religious, I guess, robots in the flesh, that you're trying to achieve God's standards. The Holy Spirit is saying, I am in you. I want to work through you, but you now have a choice to put to death the deeds of the body. And I really appreciated what Kevin said in our Holy Spirit session at the retreat, is he was humble about it, but he said, you know, uh, if any of you want to go on a fast with me, a media fast, I would like, just let me know, and we'll do it together. And David, 
He only shared that he fasts before the retreat for a week, not to boast on himself, but follow me as I follow Christ. And he does it as a man who understands that if he doesn't, the zombie is going to take over and he's going to start living in the flesh, right? So it's a great model because we all see it. So, amen? So let's just meditate on that, that God wants you to put certain things in your life to death. Okay, moving on to the second section. The second section is verses 14 through 17. And this is called, not slaves, but heirs. Not slaves, but heirs. This section, the Holy Spirit is saying, you are no longer slaves to sin. You have an old pattern. You used used to always go into this cycle, and some of us are caught up in a cycle. You're not longer, it says in verse 15, that's the key verse, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's verses 15 and 16. Let me just highlight a few things. First, the spirit of slavery. Paul is addressing both Gentiles and Jewish believers. The Jewish believers have a real deep understanding of what it means to be a slave and what it means to be set free. Obviously, right, through the Exodus experience and going to Babylon. And right now they're under Roman rule. So the Jewish people do not want to be slaves, but a lot of their identity is slaves. And Paul is saying, you no longer are a slave under fear by the whip. Okay, so some of us, we have a wrong vision of God and we think we're under fear, we're under the whip. But think about this picture. Moses, Moses was the deliverer. He started off as a prince in Egypt. He was a prince with all those riches. And what did he do? He condescended and became a servant to the people. And what happened? The people then became what? They plundered the Egyptians and they ruled over the Egyptians. Do you understand? So the deliverer is, so like Moses is like a Christ-like figure. Christ is the prince of heaven. Came in the form of a baby, died on a cross. So what? So we become heirs. That is the new paradigm. And what what God wants to give us through his word is he wants to say, I want you to understand that you're no longer a slave to those old sins. You don't have to be, but you need to mortify your flesh because a lot of programs try to help people get free of things, but there's no power in it. But we have the Holy Spirit, but a lot of times we we live as if he's not even there, that we're going to do it through our own efforts. How can we do it? We don't have the power. We don't have the strength. You need the strong man. You need the Holy Spirit to help give you strength. The second thought is just the the spirit of adoption as sons. And this power inside of us is not impersonal. It's not an impersonal force. It's a loving father. For those of us who didn't have spiritual fathers or we had lousy father figures or maybe an absentee father, This is a foreign thought to us. It's hard to imagine Abba, Father, Daddy. 
we do see a picture of Jesus in his intimate relationship with the Father, right? That is what we have in us. Now, if you're one of those people that you can't relate to your earthly father in that sense, there's so much encouragement in 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Just think about that. Now, there's... Okay, hang with me, people. Throughout the sweep of Paul's writings, he talks about the natural man or the fleshly man and the spiritual. There's natural thought, and then there's spiritual thought. There's natural language, and then there's spiritual language. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. He's talking about your spirit as if it's not even part of your identity. But what you need to understand is sometimes God is doing something in your spirit, in your cognitive mind, you don't even get it. Do you understand? It's like, if you don't have a father, you're like, how, how can I even understand what this means? This, the word of God is saying, I'm on it. My spirit is ministering in your heart that love of a father. It's not just about power. It's about a loving, gentle mentor. His yoke is light. So you're no longer slaves, you're heirs. Get that in your soul. Okay, next section. The third section is called the comforter, the helper, the advocate. This is verses 16 through 30. So if you're outlining 16 through 30, I mean, it starts, sorry, it's 18 through 30. 18 through 30, okay. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory to be revealed in us. But that's not the key verse, but the suffering of the present time. It's an acknowledgement. Hey, I know it's a fallen world. I know there's suffering. (laughs) I know you are suffering. The key verse I want to highlight is 22 and 23. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Whoever's had children, you know it hurts, okay? There's a lot of hurt. 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have been first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and redemption of our bodies. Wait a minute. I thought we just talked about that we were heirs, that we were adopted. Yes, it's this tension between the now and the not yet. Do you know what I mean? Like we, of course we're sealed in Christ. Of course we've been adopted as children. Of course we're living in the kingdom. But we don't feel 100% that we're totally adopted, totally accepted. That's not a God problem. That's our issue of it's our old flesh. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's the tension. But look at 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Question. You have, okay, so in 22, we have creation groaning. Okay, and then we're groaning. And then the Spirit's groaning. Do you think there's going to be groaning in heaven? Think about it. Is there going to be groaning in heaven? No. 
It's an acknowledgement that we have a high priest that understands that in this life, there will be tribulation. There, there will be suffering. But think about how Jesus describes the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In different translations, they, they all capture a different essence. One is comforter. See, when you know the Spirit understands your pain, your difficulty, your setbacks, your failures, your situation, that brings certain comfort. But it doesn't just stay there. He's also a helper. How does he help us? Well, he's actually praying and advocating for us. Do you, do you believe that? Do you, do you believe the Spirit is praying for you, advocating for you to the Father, bringing your case to the Lord? Think about it. Look, look, at, look again in 26. For we don't know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's a comforting thought. Have you ever been in a situation, and maybe you're in one now, you don't even know what to pray for? I've been there. Or you pray against God's will. This is a challenge for us as prayer warriors or people who pray. And I respect the way we pray, but sometimes we just have our bullet list. We're going to pray for this. We're going to pray for this. Pray for this. Pray for this. Nothing wrong with that. But we're kind of in, sometimes in our natural mind, we're saying we should pray for this. And we say some words about it and we just go like this. Maybe the Spirit wants us to be still and know that he's God. Maybe if we just are quiet and we fast, and even fast our mind and go on a long prayer walk and get all this clutter out of our head, maybe the Spirit of God will impress on you something that you never even thought of. When I was a young man, I was praying so hard uh, to go to Jordan in the Middle East to go to Bible school there. And I just was doing everything in my power, sending resume, sending applications, and it was just, I was kicking against the goads. Then I tried to go to the Philippines. I never wanted to come to California. That was not in my plan whatsoever. I was praying, oh, let me go to the Philippines. I want to go to Bible school there. And then they said, okay, we have another, we have a branch in San Bernardino. Like, oh, San Bernardino. And I was like, I don't want to go to San Bernardino. And then actually, I was excited because I didn't know anything about San Bernardino. God bless San Bernardino. So I'm like, I was telling people, I'm like, hey, I'm going to San Bernardino. And they're like, what? I, I had no intention to come here. I prayed for the wrong woman to be my wife a couple times. Sorry, Jen. But guess what? God's will won out. See, my point is, There's many times we don't even know what to pray. Maybe you're in a situation, you're in a relational situation. Maybe you have a family breakdown. Maybe you have a a singleness, angst. Maybe you have an addiction or a habit, and you don't even know what to pray anymore. Well, what what this word of God is saying is that the Spirit is praying for you. So either the Spirit is praying directly to the Father on your behalf, or... You can invite the Spirit, Lord, I'm submitted to you. I want my prayers to be your prayers. Please pray through me. He indwells in us. Why not ask the Spirit to help you to pray in a way that's in accordance with his will? Because the Spirit always prays in accordance to his will. That's what it says here too. 
we don't have time to get into it about predestination, election, God's will. God's will and his purpose for your life will be accomplished. But we want to align ourselves with the Spirit's purposes. Amen? So, last section is verses 31 through 39. And this is just a great classic. It's God's love is over any power. God's love. So I love this. People have such a wrong notion about who the Holy Spirit is. But it's the spirit of a loving father. Call me daddy. Do you, do you know what I mean? And it's full of love. So this spirit that dwells inside of you isn't just to lop off the head of the zombie. Not just this power to defeat Satan and the sin inside of you. That's true. But it's like you have a dad who's strong and loves you. Who wants to gently guide you out of your old life. As you have this struggle. Son, daughter, I know it's a struggle. I'm going to help you walk through this. I know you just messed up. I'm here for you. I don't condemn you. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean I don't. That doesn't mean I approve of the sin you just did. It just, I have not abandoned you. And I'm going to hold your hand, pick you up. You're going to confess, apologize to your brothers and sisters. Let's get back up. You know, a righteous man falls down seven times, but gets back up. So let's get back up. You got to leave that life behind. Stop dancing the jig of compromise. I want you not to be, see how far the line. Leave that. Leave that behind. That's not what I have for you. But he knows it's not easy. Let's look at verses 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. I mean, Ephesians 6 talks all about we're in this cosmic battle. We're not playing games as a church, as individuals. I mean, City Bible Church, we're, we're, we, do we really want this city for Christ? Do we really want to reach those with the gospel? It's not a neutral stance. And as individuals, do we really want the Holy Spirit dwelling in us? Because if we have no power, if we quench the Spirit, if we resist the Spirit, we're, we're, we're not going to do anything. And the law of sin and death will revive inside of us. And we're useless for the things of the kingdom. But, I mean, look at these principalities, death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers. Do you believe you're in a spiritual battle? The Lord wants you to put some things to death. Let me give you two quick thoughts as I close. One of the Spirit's ministries is to is to reveal sin in your life. Okay? So, Pastor Chris preached a message on, he preached a message on parenting and relationship. He did singleness and marriage, and I was really convicted by some of the things I heard from the pulpit. The Holy Spirit prompted Pastor Chris to preach on this. Then we had home group, and the Holy Spirit prompted Matt Kamada to put together some of the Proverbs. And he did his... Very detailed notes. And he had these lists. And then the Holy Spirit prompted 
both of us to hold each other accountable with certain things. Because I saw in my own life works of the zombie flesh, the way I speak to my wife at times, the way I correct my kids. Too harsh. And one of the verses that I've been memorizing that Matt's holding me accountable is Proverbs 29, 11. A fool, Jen, don't laugh, okay? <laughs> a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds it back. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds it back, okay? Now, this week, the Holy Spirit tested me on this <laughs> many times. And I remember someone, it was teenage-ish kids. I won't say where, because I work at a university, but you can guess. They might live with me or maybe not. Um, you know, some of them study debate, and so they're really smart at giving rebuttals and stuff. And uh, actually, see, I could, I could do, do illustrations from all my kids. Um, I think Paul was okay this week. <laughs> but but um, I remember I started texting Jen. So she's like the, the sedative. Like when I'm getting hot, I, I always invite her in because she calms me down a little more. And so I don't do say crazy stuff. But she wasn't with me. And so I started texting. And I started having this long text. What am I? And then this, the spirit brought this to mind. You're giving vent to your spirit. Does it edify her? No, I feel a little better, but it really doesn't accomplish anything. So instead, I said, "Pray for me." <laughs> That's the spirit at work in us, is that he prompts. We hear something, and and we we go home and say, "I got to work on this. I can't work on my spirit, but what I can do is read the Word of God." pray about it, go on a prayer walk, memorize it, tell Matt, say, I'm doing it, hold me accountable. That's how we work as a body. Another thought, last illustration, is because we're talking about not being separated from the love of Christ. And this correction was very loving, right? Uh, my friend Jordan, some of you have met him. He's a, he's a worship leader, and he's a really talented musician. He felt led by the Spirit because to, to, to do away with his secular gigs because he's called to do worship. And he was successful, and he is successful. Because I'm talking about the powers and principalities. And so he said, Lord, he felt in his prayer time that the Lord was impressing on him, Son, I've called you to, do, to lead worship and to write songs, which he does, and to help churches in their worship. But I can't have you doing gigs, making this money with a bunch of drunkards. Okay, His testimony, grew up in the church, didn't understand the law of sin and death. Okay, He's protected a little bit, went crazy, drugs, sex, rock and roll, left home, came back, came back to the Lord, but he still had kind of that struggle, the Romans 7 struggle. He had one foot in the church, and he's still doing his gigs. He's got, this is how he makes his income. But I think this was very recent. He said, okay, Lord, I'm going to give that up. Moments after, probably within the span of just a short amount of time, he gets a call from a major sports team that has their own clubs, and they say, we want you to do regular gigs here. Regular gigs. You know, the team you would know at their club. That's good money for a musician. I have to turn that down. His singing partner calls him up and says, you won't believe it, in Malibu, A-list celebrity, 
you know the actor, A-list celebrity, has his own club in Malibu, knows, knows Jordan. Jordan, I want you to be playing every Friday and Saturday night. We'll give you this every Friday, not just gigs, like ev- regularly, A-list celebrity, network, you know, he's Oscar nominated. I think he won an Oscar. Yeah, he won an Oscar. High level. What kind of network does this guy have? Jordan has to tell him, I have to, no, I can't do it. And there was another one as well. So as you, the zombie is powerful. The law of sin and death wants to come up. You have to put it to death. There's no neutral. But what he told me last night is he said, but I feel the comfort of the spirit, the love of the spirit. He's with me. He's going to use me in a different way. City Bible Church, that's what God wants to do with you. That's what he wants to do in all of us. He wants us to meditate on these scriptures, understanding that we cannot live up to God's holy laws on our own strength. The power of sin and death is too strong. The old man is too strong, but he doesn't leave you without anyone. He has given us the helper, the counselor, the comforter to carry you out of that prison door and to walk in newness of life. The struggle is part of the process, but our role now that we're in Christ is we have the option to put to death the sins of the flesh. So I implore you, church, don't go halfway with this. Whatever the Spirit leads you to give up, give up in his name. But don't just give it up. Present yourself. Present your body like what David Yee, I I, I give my time, I give my treasure, I give my talents. Present those to God, and he'll do something wonderful. Let's pray. Lord God, I, I thank you so much for your holy scriptures. Thank you for Romans 8. Thank you that in you we are more than conquerors. That because of you, you can clean us. You can make us holy. You can help us to walk out the Christian life, not in our own strength, but in your strength, Lord. Help us to identify those habits of the flesh we have and give us the strength and power to give those up, to renew our minds with your word and to hold each other accountable, walking in love as your heirs. In Jesus' name, amen.